Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Oh, hey. I know uh, yesterday, Miguel and Holly fan member uh, Laura Top Life on Twitter was like, <laughs> where the bleep is the damn podcast? Yeah. Which yeah. is appreciated because yeah. I, I love being wanted. Right. Because you just never know if anybody's listening. That's no, true. Yeah, no. um, I don't look at the stats for the podcast a whole lot to like know what, how it's doing. I feel like there's like a, a, a small group of, of folks that listen daily. Like, yeah. Like Laura... Um, and some of our like doe eyes. You know, eyes and I know my friend Tiffany listens and my friend Aaron listens and like my friends listen. Francisco. Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like I like I said, there's a small core group, but then everybody else is probably like that's a lot. Like I'm that's a lot of talking. A lot of talking and driving on there. I don't know if I got time for all that. Mm-hmm. Uh well, here's what we do know is that if you want a Miguel and Holly sticker. Mm. That's that's our merch we got. Here we got some merch. But it's free, though. You ain't got to pay for it. That's true. Um, all you got to do is send me an email, miguel at hot1015tampabay.com. Uh, just include your full name and your address, and we'll uh, send you a little sticker. Um, here are some reviews that we've gotten on the uh, Apple Podcast where you can rate and review. Yes. Please do and subscribe. Uh, this is from svokes6189, my go-to podcast. Ooh. <laughs> I started listening to their morning show a lot more once I started working from home Mm. during the pandemic. And not long after that, I started listening to the podcast, too. It's been one of the things that most consistently brings me joy during these quarantine times. I appreciate that not only do you all entertain, but talk about the serious and relevant topics that aren't always easy or comfortable to talk about, which encourages me to think and get out of my comfort zone. I feel like I'm growing as a human being by listening to your discussions. I cannot thank Miguel, Holly, and Scotty enough for all the time and effort they put in day after day. You guys are so funny, relatable, and you have a listener for life. That makes me so happy because, you know, it can be very polarizing to cover Mm -hmm. all the stuff. Yeah. And we do. Um, And sometimes it's just a lot, and I totally understand that. But for someone to stick with us and, like, really kind of be along for the ride as we've all learned something over the last, you know, uh, the last half a year, it's been so cool to see the other folks are coming with us. Absolutely. So thank you so much for writing that. Um, here is a, another one. Uh, could not live without. This is from, oh gosh, O-M-N-O-O-N-Z. Amanoons? I have to look at Amanoons. it. Amanoons. Holly, here, look at this. Amanoons. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious what that name means or if it's like an abbreviation or an acronym for something. <clears throat> uh, the best show ever, hands down, period. Wow. I started listening to uh, I started listening to Miguel and Holly in Panama City oh. when I moved there in 2008 at 10 years old 
and have been listening ever since. Wow. Holly, how does that make you feel? Old as fuck. Well, back in the day. <laughs> back in 2007. When I had moved across the country at the young age of 25. To Panama <laughs> City. Uh, yeah, that's wow. awesome, though, that we've had a listener, you know, come of age. Wow. Listening to our show. That is in like that blows my mind that you've been listening since you were 10. That's awesome. In 2008. I wonder what a 10 year old gets from our show. Do you oh. know what I mean? Other than because I feel like kids always think that Miguel is sort of like a cartoon character. Yeah. So I, I just can't. Well, especially back then when we were doing when we were doing the Kramer show in oh, 2008. Yeah. yeah. And I was literally a cartoon character. Like You'd I just pop was, in every now and then yeah. and be like, hey. And then I actually just thought about this. So, you know, the Tampa Bay train wreck music that we play this right here. <laughs> yeah. So here's a little bit of Miguel and Holly history here with Kramer. So back in the day in Panama City, we used to have this bit that uh, whenever something would upset me. Yes. That we'd be talking about in the news or entertainment. Um, what would happen is Holly'd be like, and uh, they are out of uh, chicken nuggets at uh, Wendy's uh, coming up soon. There's going to be a shortage of yeah, chicken nuggets. Yeah, yeah. And then Kramer would look at me and then I'd be like, go ahead and hit the button. Well, let me tell you something. How dare you, Wendy's, not have chicken nuggets when you know that's what I want all the time. I mean, it was a wow. little funny at the time. It was like I I just thought about this the really, other day. Yeah, it was absolutely just like a caricature of you. Like now that I think about it, I'm like, how abrasive would that be to be in your car at like 7:40 in the morning, and then you just hear this person <laughs> screaming about whatever issue yeah. it was. I it mean, it's always something stupid, right? It was never anything serious. It was like. If like now what we call a Tampa Bay train wreck, if it was a story about someone throwing a burger at right. someone and getting arrested, then I'd be like, how dare you? Let me tell you something. How dare you throw the hamburger and waste it like that? Wow. Yeah. That was so much energy back then. It was a lot. Wow. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I'm not even done with their uh, comment yet. Uh, when I moved here, I moved there in 2008 to 10 years old. I've been listening ever since. The podcast is moving, funny, intelligent, everything you could possibly want, wrapped up into hour-long episodes. They make me cry, laugh, and think deeper about the world around me. I love the addition of Scott because as a recent college grad in a long-distance relationship, mm. I can relate to so much of what he's going through and appreciate his input. The chemistry that Miguel, Holly, and Scott have is Immaculate, and I recommend this show to everyone everywhere I go. Mm, that's thank so you. sweet. Well, thank you so much. And actually, if you listen to the show um, on Apple Podcast or whatever, take a screenshot when you're listening and tag at Miguel and Holly or at Miguel Fuller, at Radio Holly, at Scott Tavlin, and then we'll put that on our Insta stories and, you know, give you a little spotlight on our uh, Instagram. You know, we're talking about it, but I can't, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that someone listened to us when they were a child and is still listening. Yeah. Like, I, I know that it, yeah. it's significant, but I can't seem to wrap my head around it. Like, like what, what freaks you out about it? A couple things. Number one, the fact that we've been doing this for so long. Yeah. And and it, it actually, that sort of hammers home every single time we do a TikTok Tuesday because it's always some shenanigans. And I'm like, 
I am still doing shenanigans for public <laughs> consumption. So yeah. that. But then also it's like, it's a little bit mind-blowing because not saying that we have all the answers at all. It's sort of like we've gone on this journey of discovery. Mm-hmm. But we've helped educate and share opinions and shape perhaps mm. a person's young life, which I just, I can't quite dive into that because it's too much of a mind blow situation. That blow, like literally I'm like, just, I mean, because I know like the morning show that I listened to in um, Atlanta growing up, like I still listen to them and a lot of, and I notice sometimes when I'm listening to them and it's uh, Burt Weiss from the Burt Show in Atlanta um, and Jeff Dollar, who now has a podcast called The Upside. They used to work together in Jen Hobby, who has a morning show. They've all separated now, but I'll listen to like Jeff's podcast or Jen Hobby's show or Burt's show. And they'll say a phrase or tell a story that I've heard that I probably heard in high school or yeah. something. And I'll be like, oh, my. Oh, for instance, like, you know how I call Mel like penis on, on the air junk? Yeah. Like, that's a Bert thing. Bert says junk. Oh. And I didn't even realize until they were t- I was listening recently and he was like, oh, my God, look at his junk. And then it was like one of those where he just smacked me in the head that I was like, oh, my oh. God, that's crazy. That's where that came from. Oh, I forgot. And Whoa. speaking of. Whoa. I literally was about to drunk text you this weekend, Holly. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to send this, and I'm, I'll edit some of these silences out right here. So this past weekend, we were celebrating my boyfriend's birthday, and some of our friends stayed over, uh, or they stayed late one night, and we were watching the movie What's Love Got to Do With It with Tina Turner. Tina Turner movie, yeah. Because um, they are in like their early to mid-20s. Did you end up watching it, Scott, or did you go to bed? Was that Saturday? That was... No, it was Friday night, I think. I went to bed, yeah. Did you? Okay. There is, and this is speaking of things that you hear as a child that you don't even realize that you have absorbed it and that it's in your psyche, but you don't know where it's from. This freaked me out. There is a character that I do where I say like a certain line. You know uh, Willie Holly? Yes, one of my favorites. Um, There is a scene in what's love got to do with it? Yeah. Where the words that I say with Willie, I got it from this movie and I didn't even remember. It was the freakiest thing. What? We were watching it and then this line happens and I was like, wait, rewind that for just a second. And I was like, that's the line that I say with Willie. Can you describe the character? Yeah, so Willie is sort of like, um, it's a stereotypical older black man that like Miguel does. One of my uncles, I feel like, growing right, up. Right, right. And so we, it most prominently came out when Snapchat had this particular filter that would sort of widen out your face and make <laughs> you look a little angry and older. And so when Miguel would use it, he probably looked like one of his uncles, right? Yeah, he looked like my Uncle Charles, my, uh, my grandmother's brother. Right. Because he was always like, yeah, it just looks like you're upset about something. So anyway, Miguel would always be like, come here, girl. You smell good. What you got on? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time because I feel like you all sort of, you you sort of know someone like that in your life. Yes. So anyway, Miguel has done this character of old Willie for quite some time now. All right. Let's see if I can, uh, the, the, it's so big. What's, what's. I, I have a clip of it. <laughs> Oh. Um. All right. Whatever. So I'll just play it from my phone. Sorry. 
So this is from the movie What's Love Got to Do With It? And this is the story of Tina Turner. I've never seen this movie, by the way. Oh, it is so good. It brought my back so many memories. My mom watched it back because my mom loves Tina Turner. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure she would never let you watch this movie because as I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I watched this as a child because there are some scenes in it where I was like, ooh. I remember. Yeah. Oh, my that's... mom didn't let me watch anything as a child, so I did not get to see any of that. So this is a scene. If you don't know the story of Tina Turner, um, do you know who Tina Turner is, Scott? I know the name. Like, um, it's the karaoke song I do, "Proud Mary." Okay, I know that. Rolling what on the river. Love got, got to do. Yeah, I know that one. Got, got to do it. it. So about it. she started her career with Ike Turner. Um, who sort of discovered her. And this movie is her biography about how he was super abusive. He abused her, just oh. basically stole her life force almost. I mean, beat her. Yes. And then death. finally, one day in like the 80s, uh, she escaped and right. she got away. And she like basically said, you can have all the money, everything that I've done. Because Tina Turner's been around for a long time. She's like in her 80s now. Yes. Oh, she's still And alive? she still yeah. has those great legs. Oh, my God. Like oh. she, they had, there's a musical or there was a musical about her when we could still do musicals. Um, and she was on there with Oprah and Gail and like 80 something still looks amazing. Yes. Well, in this one scene in the movie, she's gotten away. She's like rebuilding her career. And outside of a rehearsal stage, Ike Turner, her ex-husband who oh. used to abuse her, shows up. And he's like, hey, girl, just come get in my car. Let's talk. And he's trying to convince her, can we just do one more song together so I can get some more money? And here is the scene. Yeah, That's Willie. Oh, my God. Willie is Ike Turner. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, where did that line come from? From Ike Turner, what's love got to do with it when I was like 11? That's bananas. Like, that freaked me out. I literally almost called you. And let's see, what time did I take I this? I would have flipped late. the this F is out. This in the morning. I took this video. Thank I was God like, you didn't call me. I was probably sleeping. I, I gotta call like, Holly. I would have been like, what's, go what's going on? And it would not have been as impactful because you would have no. told me, and I've been like, that's great. I'm gonna go back to sleep. <laughs> but that's amazing. Isn't it crazy where you pick up stuff? I will be watching like old movies or whatever, and I get so much of my, I get so many of my catchphrases mm. from 90s films. Right. And also, I got like, so I, I was watching, I was rewatching uh, Can't Hardly Wait, which is one of my favorite mm. high school coming of age. Who was in that back in the day? It was Ethan Embry, Jennifer Love Hewitt, oh. uh, Seth Green, mm. um, uh, and it's just like this whole bunch of, you know, stereotypical high school, the jock and the popular girl oh. and the nerd and all these other characters, and they, and uh, Seth Green plays like this like yo yo but he's like a white boy oh who's trying God. to be a rapper with like a visor to the side yes. or turned nice. upside and down and he's like in his backpack he's trying to have sex yeah he's like you want to have sex tonight <laughs> and it's like there's all these things and I quoted so many lines from that movie that sometimes I didn't even know what movie I was quoting anymore until I rewatched it and I was like oh my god that came from Can't Hardly Wait because you forget but a lot of my comedy and I'm like I say that I'm funny like I'm funny sometimes maybe I'm not so funny anymore because I feel like my life is a little crazy right now but I used to be pretty funny and I feel like I got my comedy like my comedic timing and my comedic uh like what I thought of as funny mm. completely from the very first Dane Cook album of, uh. of comedy 
Because I, li- I discovered Dane Cook, and I know Dane Cook is sort of like a uh, controversial almost person now, where right. comedians are like, well, he's not funny, he doesn't really tell jokes, maybe he stole other people's jokes. Uh, but, like, even before anybody even knew who he was, I discovered Dane Cook in, like, 2001. Oh, before he was ever a movie star or a worldwide comedian. He was like a comedian for the young people. How did you discover him? Um, one of my friends in college knew of him because he had gone to some one-off show in mm. Cleveland. You know how comedians would just play gigs in front of like 50 people? Remember those days when you could actually like discover someone yes. before they were like on Instagram or I know. MySpace or anything like that's, that? That's, that's the only reason you found out about people is by word of mouth. And so one of my friends had gone to a Dane Cook comedy show somewhere and was like, and the CD, the CD. <laughs> okay, so he had a CD. Uh, I can't even remember the name. It's like the very first CD he ever had go out, the first comedy album, if you will. And so it had just come out. And um, he's like, you have to listen to this guy, Dane Cook. He's so funny. So he let me borrow his CD. Oh, my gosh. And so I borrowed it, and it blew me away. I listened to that CD on repeat. And the way that Dane Cook would set, it was, it's not like he's got jokes. He does not tell, like, ha-ha, here's a setup, here's a punchline. Right. He's much like Jerry Seinfeld, where it's um, situational or yeah. observational humor. Mm-hmm. And so just... The the twelve or so sets of of jokes that he had, I listened to that nonstop for like a year. Oh wow! And it shaped even how I'm speaking now. Mm. It shaped how I do it because I I was just so blown away that someone could be so funny and so real, and the and the jokes could be so incredibly relatable. And so I mean, for years, my entire radio personality was basically a ripoff of Dane Cook. Oh, wow. And to the to this day, I will still sometimes catch myself using, like, Dane Cook-isms. Mm-hmm. And I don't even realize I'm doing it. Like, seriously, the, the, the way that I'm speaking right now, I believe came, came from Dane Cook. So if you ever want, if you are bored out of your mind and you ever want to just a good old-school comedy routine of sorts, I got to see what it's called. Look up um, Dane Cook's very first comedy. Let me just... Hang on one second. Just edit this out. Dane Cook first comedy album. Well, while you're looking up that, Scott, is there anything that influenced you when you were coming up that you can think of that influenced your comedy or anything, your pop culture references? I can't think of anything right now that would be Are you awake? Your eyes look closed. No, I'm awake. I feel whooped right now. I feel like uh, I got kicked in the face. But oh, kicked in the face? Yeah. By who? By I don't just know. that like, was a Dane Cook thing too, by the way. Uh, what? That tire hit Mary in the face. <laughs> it's it's crazy how much I'm I'm Dane Cook. So anyway, nothing. You don't no, have any comedy influence. No, I have nothing coming to me that's uh, influence in my life like right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I can't think. You put me on the spot. I'm like going through it. I don't have anything like I'm going through those moments. Like I feel like now mm. where I'm like okay. What are these key things? You know what? That's true, though, because, okay, so I discovered Dane Cook in 2001. That was, like, my whole—I co- didn't graduate college till 04, so I heard that mm. same exact comedy routine for years. And then when I finally got a real job on the radio, I was like, oh, shit, I better be funny. Oh. And the only way I knew how to do it was to just be Dane Cook. Mm. So my first radio, like—and I wasn't doing a morning show, obviously, but I would use, like, my Dane Cook-isms when I was, like, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. So you're just now, like, finding that groove. Yeah, so like, it's hard for us to say for sure. I think major— you're like obviously when I was a little younger, but like 
that's when like Kevin Hart was getting really big. I remember mm. he was major mm. in like middle school and high school where his references were huge mm-hmm. with, you know, just that kind of that time period. I'm trying to think of anybody else that's like in the media, but when what year did you graduate high school, Scott? 2015. Are you okay there, Miguel? Yep. I was just um, thinking about. I got the album, by the way. What was it? Harmful If Swallowed. Oh. So if you want to just do yourself a favor, I can't guarantee that you'll think it's funny. And maybe it's super, it's probably like racist and sexist now. Because again, in those days, mm. that's what people did. Uh, so I apologize if it has anything like offensive. But I just thought it was fucking hilarious. So mm. I would actually like to go back and listen to it. Dane Cook's Harmful If Swallowed. Uh, speaking of going down memory lane, I found some stuff uh, from back in the day. Uh, this is from the That Guy Kramer show that we were on, Holly. <gasps> oh. And this is. Where'd you pull this out of, by the way? Uh, my Gmail. My Gmail. Oh. If I ever pass away, like, this is like a treasure trove of. Uh, our radio career. I'm going to need your password. Not because I want <laughs> I don't want to like dig through it now, but I'm just going to need your password like tucked away somewhere if you should ever pass before me so I can get in your Gmail. Seriously, because oh there is just like so. We're old, Scott. We have to worry about this type of thing. Yikes. Not really. Uh, So here is a. We'll just play a little bit. You no, know, we are kind of. So this is when we were that guy Kramer in Panama City. And this is from, uh, let's see here, uh, 2009. All right. Scott, how old were you in 2009? 2009? Oh, geez. Uh, 12, 13. <laughs> and we were doing a radio show. I don't know what this is. This is called Prison Letter. What? From December 17th, 2009. You know, we are kind of jealous people. In this business, we always want to be the biggest and the best radio station. When you've got five radio stations in one building, you all kind of compete against one another. But we realized a few weeks back that we had never received any, any letters from people incarcerated. So we threw it out there. We said, look, if there's anybody listening in prison right now, we want you to send us a letter. Mm-hmm. And we got bombarded, man. We had to get a bag started. There have been so many that have come through the uh, – I doubt that. Through the doors. <laughs> um, this morning, I thought we'd reach in again. I thought we'd reach into the I Am The 106 prison mailbag and read another one of these letters. They're always, always interesting. Yeah. Always interesting. Oh, yeah. um, Miguel, you want to reach? Uh-huh. Oh, you want Mandy to reach in there? I want to reach in okay. the bag. All right. Just reach in and <laughs> just grab one out. You see, like, <laughs> By the way, there's, we absolutely did not have a bag no. of freaking letters. There was probably literally just one there was letter. One, there was one letter. That's fine. R- Radio All magic. right. Thick or thin? That one feels very thick. thick. It's oh thick. My, this might take a while then. Yeah. Um, um, get on, yourself a cup of hot cocoa. On the outside, Holly, what's it say? It says, um, this letter originated at Gulf Correctional Institution. Okay. It's to Island 106 Radio, Kramer Morning Show. All it says is green, and then there's a lot of numbers and letters after it. So Oof. I don't know. I'm going to have to look in there. Open that. Holly, do you remember at all what this was about? Not a little bit. Not I'm, even a little. I'm, I'm worried. I'm afraid this might be terribly offensive. It's probably, oh. like, I feel like anything prior to like 2018 is probably offensive. <laughs> so just warning. Just no, you know what? We're not even going to play it because I just don't know what else is in there. Um, thankfully, we didn't post audio a whole lot back then. Um, I mean, it was probably, I do, I do vaguely remember it being a legit prison letter. So it was probably nice, which unfortunately Kramer probably hated that because it wasn't dramatic enough. Right. So it was, he, he probably 
at some point in this segment made it made me be like, um, Holly's going to send a nude to this guy or whatever. Because <laughs> if it wasn't dramatic enough, he considered it a failure of a segment. We oh. need to uh, to have him on the show because he does a podcast now called um, Certified Mama's Boy. And I just feel like if we were to like contrast our radio characters from when this listener who wrote that review till now It'd be so interesting to see, like, how much we've changed through the years. Mm -hmm. How, like, back in the day, remember that bit we did one time where we checked, it was like, check Miguel's bank account? Mm -hmm. That was horrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Like, it was always like, can you guess what's in Miguel's bank account? Because I made, like, no money. It was always, like, negative something. Right. And then, of course, like, we had to make it more dramatic than what it actually was. And so it'd be like... Negative a hundred dollars, and everyone's oh. like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and so then I'd go out on the weekends, and people would be like, "Well, do you want me to buy you a drink? Because clearly you're poor and you don't have any money." Oh man! And I'd be like, "Yes, yeah, <laughs> thanks Actually, for the drink." Yes. Yeah, no, it was just it was. I both you and I have been on Kramer's podcast now a couple of times, mm-hmm. and the last time that I was on it, I don't even know when it aired. It may not have yet. Maybe he had to like bank it for a later time. But we talked about how. <laughs> This oh, was gosh. before you came on, Miguel. So this was like 08 sometime. M- Kramer came up with the idea because it was myself, Kramer, and we had like producer intern, intern Jeremy. Oh. Intern Jeremy was a delinquent and we did not know this. Like he was a pathological liar. Oh no. We thought that he was like a stand-up guy, like had just graduated. He was older than all of us, by the way, by wow. like several years. He uh, had like lied about having been a recent college grad, something. It was like oh, everything yeah. was a lie. And um, I remember one time just me personally, because like we sort of like, he, he would, like, take me out to La Vila so I didn't have to go alone. And one time he was Hold like— Hold on. Before you—that's the largest nightclub oh. in USA. That is <laughs> a club. Be. Yeah. It so if, It's not there anymore. No, it's it's totally gone. Well, after uh, the hurricane, it shut down. Wow. Yeah. So, La Vila, if you've ever been to Panama City on spring break, if you know of someone that's been to Panama City on spring break, ask if they've been to Club La Vila, and they'll have some tragic story. Yeah. Uh, it's like eight nightclubs in one. Yes. It's just a— the largest mess. nightclub in the USA, Club La Vila. Oh, I bet you I can find a commercial for that. That brings back some memories. Anyway, <laughs> so he would take me to the Club La Vila like at, in the, at, at late at night because you always had to go late. But he w- told me one day, he's like, I'm going to take you somewhere and show you how good I can play piano. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I was like waiting on him to do this. He never did. I'm like, that bitch probably did not pay to play piano. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm an idiot. But anyway, Kramer decided we were going to kill him off for ratings. Oh. oh, my God. Like, legitimate. Like, we were in some kind of soap opera. Uh. So he told Jeremy to, like, just not post on MySpace. <laughs> and he told me not to post on MySpace. And he, we legit went on the air and said intern Jeremy died. Oh, my God. <gasps> Whoa, wait, what? And, like, his uh. mom listened to the <gasps> show. Like, it was tragic. And then we just kind of like, like after a bunch of people were like, wait, do we need to call the police or whatever? And and then oh. I think the next Monday or whatever, we just didn't really address it that much. We're like, oh, I guess he wasn't dead. Sorry. Oh. And then just moved what? on. I'm ta- and like Kramer is even like, because um, when we talked about this on his Mama's Boy, Boys podcast, mm-hmm. he was like, I don't know how we had a job after that. Yeah. Like, like this can is you what imagine about. if we did that now, if like Friday on like my Twitter, I was like, oh, my God, Scott died. Y'all, that would be nuts. And then, like, you just stop posting over the weekend. Oh. Like, th- you can't, you cannot. And, like, we could, honestly, we couldn't even then either. No. But somehow it was just the right time of, like, things weren't, you didn't have social media the way that we do now. Right. It was just different. 
It was crazy. <laughs> even, that's so, it, so hardcore. Yeah. Anyway, so we we went through a lot of random stuff that was offensive. Mm. And we've talked about it on that podcast, but we have been through a lot of different iterations of shows, including that horrible segment with your bank account. Mm-hmm. I do remember, because like I said, Kramer always liked to push the envelope to be to be more dramatic. And the one time, I sort of feel like it's relevant now with everything you know racially going on, the one time he wanted me to be dramatic, I refused to do it. Mm-hmm. Was um he was we were talking about Halloween costumes because I've always had like really outrageous stupid Halloween costumes, and one year he was like, "Well, weren't you uh what there was she was in Pirates of the Caribbean Calypso uh, uh-huh. in Pirates of the Caribbean he was like Holly did blackface didn't you do blackface for Calypso oh. and I know for sure that he wanted me to say yes because that's dramatic, but I was like no I. I didn't do that. And he was like, yes, you did. You were blackface two years ago for Halloween. And I was like, I promise you, I did not do blackface. Oh, my god! And he was like, well, well, good for you. And then I think he was mad after we got I'm off about, the air. I'm pretty I, sure there was a fight. Be, right, because he's like, if I say something, you go along with it. You don't tell me no. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say I did blackface when I didn't. Mm. Which, by the way, thank God, because you know that audio would have been found somewhere. And then somebody would be like, oh, Holly did blackface. Fuck, I did not. No. So, but we had a fight after that because I'm sure he was like, don't say no on the air. Wow. There was so much learning we had to do back then. Yeah. I mean, and even with something like that, where I feel like when I listen to old, old audio that like, cause like when you're young on the radio and you know, your life and your livelihood is dependent upon ratings and you feel like you have something to prove. So it's like you'll do anything to be the funniest or the most dramatic, whatever you feel like is going to get you people to listen. And I remember like being so over the top gay sometimes with stuff where it was like, I look back and I'm like, what the hell? Like, what were you thinking? That's why whenever I have like young gay radio people message me now, I'm like, do not play that shit up. Be you. Be real. You don't have to be someone you're not. Yeah, be and- your authentic self because you don't want to have to listen back. I mean, you're going to listen back to old audio and yeah. cringe anyway uh, because you change and you grow. I mean, even but when cringe we cringe st- for a good reason. Right. Exactly. You're like, oh, my God, that was funny. Like I used to talk like for some reason I used to talk like this. Very high pitched. I was very high pitched. I don't know. I have no clue why. I d- couldn't tell you why. Um, but like some of the stuff we used to talk about, it's like. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, that's the problem. And this is where I feel like it should be this way, where Scott's, like, coming up, and we have some experience. Mm. And so there's, like, almost like a turnover. Right. It was all of us were young. Even our program director at the time, and I didn't realize it, but looking back now, he was young. Mm -hmm. He was not in his right state. He didn't really give us any rules or any right. He didn't lay down the law or anything. There was no one in charge. Well, he'd never worked with a morning show like that before. He was used to a show that was, like, piped in from somewhere else. Yeah. And so having, like— hands off. Yeah. So having three young people who it sounded on the air like we were laughing and having fun, but, like, we had no clue what we were doing. I mean, we still don't now, but— but no, we do know. We know better mm. now about a lot of stuff. Gosh, I can't imagine. So, yeah, so a little uh, history of uh, Miguel and Holly while Scott was in elementary school. I was in, like, sixth grade. Middle you know. school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Middle school. I found, I don't know what this is, Holly. Oh. It says Miguel Psychic Reading. Oh. Do you know what this is? Yeah, yes. One time we had this psychic. I found her on... I don't remember where. It's from 2009. LinkedIn didn't exist. So, like, it was somewhere like that, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe it was MySpace, and she came on oh, yeah. and right. she did psychic readings for all three of us. And um, I really didn't like what she had to say about mine, so I got pissed and I blocked her and everything. Oh, dang. Really? And I'm Why? pretty sure she said that I shouldn't get married to Chris. Well. Well. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to play mine and then I'm going to look for yours. Yeah, you probably should. Here we go. Hey, Miguel. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good, baby. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm a little nervous right now. I have no clue what's going Well, I'm going to tell you like I told Kramer and I told Holly because I did pick up on a lot of, from you, baby. Okay? Okay. And uh, some of it, you know, again, um, now if they ever hold your peace. Now, this is actually going to be very interesting because I don't remember exactly what she talked about in this. But she was supposed to be predicting our futures, right? Right. She was. I think maybe she was like predicting the summer or predicting the next few years. So yes, but obviously it was something future. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Again, um, now if they ever hold your peace. Well, you you can. I've I've been through everything, so whatever you yes, have, you I'm have. ready for it. Yes, you have. Oh. And, and I can tell you some of of what you need to kind of stop doing to to correct. An issue you're having right now. Uh huh. Mm, and that's um, when I first, the energy, when I began to pick up on, on your energy and was working with spirit, um, it, it was like seeing like Mardi Gras mask. You see? And it was two. Oh, you mean like other oh, Mardi Gras faces with like two different faces? Funny. Yeah. And those are the two. There's one Miguel wearing one. And then there's another Miguel wearing the other. One's lips were smiling up, curled up on each corner in a very happy, joyful expression. And then the other one was uh, someone who is very sad on a soul level, lonely. Got lots of friends. Tracked them like flies to honey, you know? Uh-huh. But on a soul level, honey, you, you, and even in a crowd, you're feeling a sense of, uh, of well, sadness. Mm-hmm. Sense of being lonely. You, you're very unhappy right now with your love life. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, Did much. I step on your toes too hard? If no. I have, then no, no, you know, no. if there's some things that's verbatim, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, white gloves, go ahead and tell me so because... No, not at all. Come on, bring it to me. Okay. Well, for you, you know, you're charismatic and you know that. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of it. Um, you know, you... you, you Actually, an extremely talented person has the ability to, uh, and that's what I got from this, to, to bring a lot of joy to a lot of people. And, and so people are drawn to you. Yeah. But they're drawn to that, that mask, that one mask, you know, with this thing, this persona mm-hmm. of this smiling, happy, jovial person. But they have no clue of the real Miguel. Right. They don't know you, baby, at a soul level. And and there's rarely been you've and, and in some sense it's it's your it's it's 
your own doing. You know, we co-create our own existence. We ourselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and some of your qualities, you know, like I said, is is so absolutely fantastic. And people are drawn to you, as I said. And you have this ability to make people feel good. But what's hurting you is the fact that you um, that's lacking. That 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 real uh, for you that special someone to know you and you have felt a you know you have felt a certain that most of your life uh, as a matter of fact for quite a long time you felt that well you know even people that you thought loved you you felt like they didn't really know you and you have to kind of stop being as overpowering as you are you have a, you have a very dominant quality about I don't think that's changed a whole lot. I mean, do you see this woman is right fucking on? This is crazy. I remember this now because I remember you and I talked about it later in the day, like because we lived together. I remember this. That's insane. About yourself when you begin to get attached in a relationship to the point that it starts off okay, but then you you then you become like overpowering with it. You sort of you, you can you know in other words kind of smother them somewhat. <laughs> yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> More than yeah, you and but you know you're coming from a good place, baby. Right. But it but it sort of can you know what I mean? It 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 can kind of scare people because you do have this very strong uh, overpowering about yourself. Right. And so the other person kind of feels like, well, I'm, I'm kind of getting lost here, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe feeling like a lost uh, sense of a loss of their own identity. And so that's kind of what it, it's tripping you up. Right. It really is, honey. And you have to, um, you just have to be aware of that. Uh, and, you know, but you're, you're also a kind of person that loves harmony. And you want harmony around you. You strive for it. You, you're more like a, like a a peacemaker at times. You know, you want if there's something that's not harmonious, you you will try to 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 make it harmonious. But right. it's not always the case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you live a very. I just I had also, and I guess that was part of the mask and the the kind of partying thing that I got, like the Mardi Gras sort of thing, is that you are, you do live a very active lifestyle. I mean, you, you love fun, and you have an ability, and I will also say, you know, you have a, a, an ability to earn money. You always, you know, that vibration that I felt from you was that you can, you can get it to you, but holding on to it, baby, is another. <laughs> that it is runs great. through your fingers like water running through your hands. <laughs> Yes, it does. And that is it. Okay. <laughs> I know. I've been saying that for the longest time. <laughs> okay, baby. Well, so work on that, and right. and 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 you have a tendency. I'm, and I'm getting myself on your toes a little bit here. You can be bossy. Yeah. You get a little bossy at times. Why you pursing your lips, Holly? I think we didn't realize that till later on. <laughs> I think she knew more than we knew at that time. Because that back then I wasn't bossy. No, I was like, this bitch don't know what she's talking right. about. Right. Oh. Hey, here we go, 10 years later. Um, and, and materialistic. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where some of that, that overspending comes into play. And um, you need to kind of work on that. Right. You need that's to kind of work. I'm sorry. At the time, we were probably like, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? She don't have no money. <laughs> like, no, what? like literally, I couldn't even afford lunch back then. I was like materialistic. Again, I did not like this woman. Wow. Maybe I should have. All right. Let me ask wow. uh, Let me ask the question then. Like over the next two months. By the way, that's Kramer, obviously. What do you see happening with Miguel? Good, bad, what? Well, I, you know, I see good for him because of the fact that, you know, we're talking about a dynamic personality here. Sure. It's just the need of reining in some of this, um, this overpowering quality that he has with his little personality, his dynamic. It's, it's real strong, and it, it's kind of, you know, as I said, it's not kind of, I'm going to have to lay it out to you straight. It's totally working against you on the one thing that is missing in your life. And I do see that changing, by the way. I do see that changing. And um, for you, over the next couple of months, actually it was it was an extremely good vibe that I got um, on if you, because you're the type of person when you put your mind to something, and right now the timing and the, because you know it's it's all about timing, and and right now over the this, this next period coming up, put your mind on what you want, okay? Right. Visualize it, mm-hmm. see it, feel it, taste it, but be very careful to make sure it's what you want, because it can. Come to you. Wow. So that was a psychic reading. I felt like it was more of like a personality read. Yeah. Then uh, here's what's happening in the future. We did not know anything about any of that. No. I mean, I know way more now because I'm apparently a hippie myself. But I found (laughs) her on Instagram. Oh, really? Not on Instagram. On LinkedIn. And we both wrote recommendations for her. Oh, did we really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is uh, Cece Cornet. Oh! Goes under a psychic moon. That's oh. right. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, we'll have to find yours. Did you I find yours? No, I, I don't have anything from her. I told you. I scrubbed everything. I was so angry. Mm. I was like, I know better than this stuff. I would and, like to hear it. And so you said that she said that you should not get married? No, she didn't say that outright, but she said that she had, it was something negative about Chris and I's relationship. Mm. It was something negative. And so I was just like, I didn't want to hear it. Because, you know, when you're like in the midst of like, uh, what were we were in like puppy love then, yeah. oh, probably yeah. very close to getting engaged. Mm-hmm. And even then though, like right before we got engaged, I had some doubts, but it's still like, I don't know when it was in 09 that we spoke to her. Uh, it was July of 09. Okay, so I wouldn't have even... I started to have some... some A little bit of red flag-ishness happen around, like, August. Mm-hmm. So it's probably, oh. like, right before that. So... Because we got engaged in September of 09. So, like, I was still in that puppy love phase of, like, don't talk about my man like that. Right. So I did not want to hear it. So I'm very, I wish we did have it. I doubt it's anywhere, though. I looked in, I'm, I'm going to keep looking through my email, um, but I don't see it anywhere. But maybe Kramer has it. He might. Wow. That is fascinating. Like, because half of those things that she described me as, I wasn't at the time. Right. Because I was, Scott, I was in your position on our show. Kramer was a host. Mm-hmm. Holly, you were second chair. And I was third chair producer. And I wasn't bossy. I was not materialistic. No. 
I wasn't any of those things, but it was like she saw what was about to come. And then with the money stuff, too. Yeah. Like, it's true. I have always been, especially back then, I mean, I didn't have any money, but, like, I've always been very blessed that, like, as, like, once we got out of Panama City that first time and we were able to make a little bit more money, it has always, like, come to me. And I'm just like, ooh, I'll buy you drinks and I'll give it away and I'm going to give this person money. And yeah, you spend, thing. spend, spend, spend. You're a spender. But, like, at the time, we were like... Okay, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, wow. But that's not, that wasn't you in that moment, but that's still who you are. Right. And that's the- why sometimes I'm like, well, who the hell are you when we live together? But it's just like you grew into who you're supposed to be. We all do. That's incredible. Well, hopefully we can find yours, Holly. I would love to hear it, but I have a feeling it probably doesn't exist just because I was so angry about it <laughs> at the time. Probably deleted it from everything. I probably <laughs> did. Like, my <laughs> dumbass. So I, I would have to see if Kramer had it. Oh. All right. There's a meeting we have in 15 minutes. It does appear that way. Um, Would you all be opposed if I did a little research and tried to find a psychic to come on the podcast? Yeah. I mean, like, my can, aunt does it. She does. Well, you can oh, also right. reach out to old Cece Cornet. We're on her. We're on her LinkedIn. Oh, my God. That would be fascinating. Uh, Scott, would, would your aunt come on and do it? I'd have to talk to her about what she actually does, but she reads energy. She does all those things. I don't know if she predicts futures, but. I know she does things in that realm. Yeah, I'd be so curious. Wow, I'm so fascinated by that. I almost want to have her back on to talk about you and see what the difference is. We should. We should do that. Why don't you reach out to her and see? Or is she blocked? No, no, she's not blocked (laughs) because I'm too nice on on LinkedIn. And I wrote, obviously, I wrote a thing, but I was like, she wants me to write a thing about her. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And like we said uh, on the last one we did is that We're going to do one tomorrow, but then after that, it'll probably be three times a week that we do it um, just because we can't do everything all the time like we've been trying to do, and there's no end in sight for the pandemic. That's the problem. None of us knew anything about, again, you can't. No. But uh, it's like we always say you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And our cup's about to be real empty. <laughs> uh, but that's not to say if, like, once, if they change the schedule and we're not on till noon anymore, then we'll go back to doing it daily. Uh, but right now, just expect it three times a week. Holly, what's your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And if you're on Facebook, just type in Holly on Hot 101.5. And I'm not taking any friend requests on my regular old Holly O'Connor page anymore. Just not. Um, but definitely add me, Holly, on Hot 101.5. Scott at Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. Also, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, iHeartRadio app, wherever you can listen. Please do. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.